Welcome to episode 452 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 452 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Yourself? Oh, man. Top of the world. Top of the world. Actually, to be honest, I'm kind of tired still. Yeah, I wandered in here this morning and uh, somebody was not ready. Well, true. I did kind of sleep in, but then you did turn up earlier. I have, I saw How long did you swim for? 3K, 3,050 3, metres. So back it up, so why when you used to go over a swim, you didn't get here till seven? I was swimming four then when I was getting ready for uh, Cardiff. That's why you've, you've confused me. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you can't blame me. Oh, no, You turned up at 20 to seven. Yeah. yeah. So it's seven o'clock right now. Yeah. So I'm ready on time. Don't okay. give me a hard time, young man. I'll tell you that much. I have talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. No. Oh, we still anymore. love those guys. We still love coffees yeah. of Hawaii. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And trainer road. Uh, really good tool to make you a rock star on the bike. And also, we've always got to thank the patrons of the show. You know you are, and you're a big part of what makes this show happen each week. Uh, the, yeah, the way you thank the patrons, we're, we're, we're saying we're going to be more prepared. We're going hey, to hey, raise hey, the standard. Hey. I did an 18-hour day the other day, oh. yesterday. All I'm, hearing, all I'm hearing is excuses. It's amazing how much doing an 18-hour day, because then you're kind of like, I wouldn't get to bed till probably one, and then I had to get up early, you know, and you kind of yesterday mm. I was a write-off, and even last night, didn't get enough sleep. John, poor me. Victoria, you need to pay him more. Pay, give me a million dollars, please. Mm. Okay, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got Statistic. We've got an interview with Challenge Wanaka's winner. Dylan McNeese is on the show. And then we've got some questions and the answers and a few names for the patrons at the end. And really, John, there's, there's probably, if we're going to talk about this week, there's one piece of sporting news that really has to be at the lead of our story, triathlon, and it's really triathlon-focused. Yes, it's called uh, the special triathlon called the ICC Cricket World Cup. Oh, Jumbo. I got no emails from Poms, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I went onto our Facebook page a few times to check it. There was one post. <laughs> what did they say? Oh, they said something about, but you guys are going to be talking about the cricket this week, and yes, we are. So for those who don't know, and I know we've got lots of listeners around the world who don't care about cricket, but basically we said last week we're probably going to take, give you the guys the pants. Yeah. And we destroyed the Poms. There was the, yep. like, I put, I turned on the game where we're about maybe, we're Saudi just taking like a second or third wicket. Mm-hmm. And I watched for about maybe two and a half hours of cricket. And it's the best two and a half cricket hours of cricket oh, I've seen in my life. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I set myself up in front of the TV. Now, to get this, Bevan, I was frustrated because this is how this is how far I went. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was talking about the first game of cricket, enjoyed watching that, uh, watched it on Prime TV, which is a free-to-air channel, thinking, right, sweet, they're going to put all New Zealand games on free-to-air. Yeah, do and then they don't. I had to re-sign up to Sky, make sure, uh, I, get, make sure I got my English. Sat down Friday afternoon, had my laptop, I was just working away, watching the cricket. That's good Fantastic. stuff. Fantastic. So, so we had a guy called Tim Stoudy who just destroyed them with the bowling, and it was just Awesome to watch, and then our captain, old Captain McCullen, yeah. um, he uh, he just got out there and just, just smacked it. And like, and you, if you don't know cricket, you won't understand. But we we had like ninety runs and seven seven overs or something stupid like that, yeah. wasn't it? It was just amazing. So good luck, Pons. The only thing, I, yeah, for for people who don't have a clue what cricket is, 
it's got similarities to baseball. Mm. But if you can to try to understand how much of a hiding we gave the Poms, which are two teams that are relatively evenly ranked. Yeah, We're a bit yeah. better at the moment. But, well, uh, traditionally, they, they are better than us. Yeah. But it would be like beating uh, – this is no exaggeration. If you were playing somebody in soccer or, or something, it would be like we beat them, say, 10-0. That's how bad yeah, it was. Yeah. Or gridiron like bloody a hundred nil. I actually you know? felt a bit sorry for the Poms. It was, oh, it was no, there's no sorry. To say. It was that bad. They had no answer. That was the oh. thing, eh? Hey? Oh, it was just sensational. So, all our American listeners, we know you're loving this. Aussies are up next this Saturday. Yeah, that's gonna be a big game because the Aussies okay. are pretty awesome right now. So we're not so confident going into the Aussie <laughs> game. <laughs> okay, we uh, the big the big race we had this weekend was Challenge Wanaka down in Wanaka. John, I went down and did the the voice work, and I must say, Wanaka put on a. St- Stunning day. Yeah, so they changed the date. They normally hold this race in sort of early, uh, mid to late January and they pushed it back a month for a, a bunch of reasons. Um, typically it can be really windy down there, but yeah, I wasn't there, but I was watching the, the sort of live Twitter feeds. I'm not sure the exact temperature, but it was kind of maybe late 20s, but it was kind of hot, but not too hot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure for the athletes it may be a bit too yeah. hot, but it wasn't like crazy hot. And there's no wind all day. So it was mm. just, uh, there was a little bit of breeze picked up for like half an hour at five o'clock, but... Other than that, it was just, and at night, it was just awesome. Yeah, it was really great. So I was really interested to see what was going to happen because you had Dylan McNeese, who's just crushed it there the last two years in a row. And then you had the Maldi Sporters coming across. You had Dougal Allen, who finished second or third last year. Maybe he finished third, I think, last year. Third last year, yep. And then you also had Baden Curry, who's a coast-to-coast champion who raced the weekend before, but showed earlier in the season that, you know, he was right up there with Cam Brown and uh, Crowey. So he was... If he recovered, he was going to be another potential one. So it was shaping up to be an interesting race, and it certainly delivered. Yeah, so what kind of happened was, as always, McNeese got out of the water miles ahead of everyone else. Actually, no, there was another guy. I think it was Michael Fox from Australia. Yeah, he was three, yeah. minutes, three minutes down. Yeah, he had, he had a pretty good swim as well. Dylan set a course record, 45-33. Yep, and then um, from there, they got on the bike, and Dougal Allen got out of the water uh, 17 minutes down yeah big time back and uh, it was funny afterwards because last year he did a 103 and, and he pretty much did a 103 this year as well and he said I put a year's worth of work in and yeah. you know and man, I got a 103 so jeez um, hopefully he can get a swim down because if he can get a swim down he He's if, you can't, pr- if you can't make any gains in one year, yeah, I mean, yes, he'll, he'll definitely be able to take some more off that. But I can't if he can't make much progress. But maybe it was a bad swim, you know. Yeah. you know who knows. But hopefully he can because he rode a four thirty on that bike course, and it's not an easy bike that course. Is seriously moving. Yeah, he took seventeen minutes off Dylan, and Dylan rode a good, you know, good ride. So he f- rode four forty seven, which oh, is, Dylan had the second best ride of the day. Yeah, which is really respectable on that course. Um. Like 4.30, if we compare that to, say, a Taupo, that's like a probably a 4.20 yeah. in Taupo or so. Yeah. That is seriously moving. If you're if you're talking Florida or something like that, then you take probably another 10 minutes off that. It's like it be a 4.10. I'm just yeah. I'm plucking numbers out. But that was seriously fast on that course, which is very slow, very lumpy, and the road surface is just diabolical. Yeah. Uh, not diabolical. It's just a but big, hard big road chip. chip. So yeah. it's, it's really hard on you. It's not potholes or anything. And so what was really fascinating watching the race was that you you, kind of, you you saw Dugan kind of make big gains. And then there's a period in the bike where he didn't make as many gains and you thought, oh, maybe he's just going to sit in. He's maybe four or five minutes back. And then, you know, as he got into transition, he caught up to Dylan. And you kind of thought, well, he's, he's you know, taking a risk to get into the contention, but he's just going to blow. You know, you just, mm. you know, like to take 17 minutes and to ride 4.30 on that course, you're thinking that's coming at a cost. Mm. And you could see pretty early on, even as they were leaving town, that Dylan was going to, he, he put a bit of pressure on him. Um, and post-race Dylan did say that, you know, he did wonder after the first half he was kind of starting to suffer if, if maybe he'd pushed too hard to kind of get that gap. 
And uh, but he's managed to hold on. But Dougal still did well to do a three o three based on that ride. Yeah. So I know Dylan that the lead uh, came down a little bit towards the end. So he only ended up winning by about three, about three minutes. But it was out over four minutes at one stage. But he, Dylan was certainly slowing down because I was watching the splits and he was averaging about a four o eight through. You know, at least about the first thirty k, which is you know, I don't know, but maybe about a three fifty five yeah, or even under that, yep. two two fifty five, and then he ballooned out to to a three hours, so he must have slowed down a bit, especially once he knew he probably had it in the bag. So eight thirty seven fourteen, um, twenty five minutes quicker than expected according to Torsten's ratings. So good, good bike, good run, and uh, even despite. Dylan uh, setting a new course record on Torsten's rating is actually a touch slower than what he would have been expected uh, to do. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, so no, Dylan didn't get course record was on the swim. On the swim, oh, on the swim not, not quite yeah. on the, the not quite a course record, but it was about three minutes. I think, I think it's uh, eight. 34 from mm. um, Richard Usher. So Dougal Allen ended up in second place, a great race by him. Uh, still ran a 303, uh, an 840, and Courtney Ogden was in, it was close racing, but for, uh, for, for third and fourth, he was 849, only a minute in front of Carl Reed, and then Baden Curry was 856 on debut. And yeah, I'll be really interested to see where he goes to from, from here, because he showed over the half distance he can really spank it but you know a week after doing a, a, yeah, a 12 it's, it's, hour race it's just no representation is yeah. it you know you know so his swim was 5001 so he was right up there with um with you know he was basically second pack sort of same time as uh the likes of Gina, Gina Crawford and and who was about a minute in front of her so he can uh, he can clearly swim he can he can definitely bike and definitely run so he could be yeah, a real force. So it's really interesting. I was talking to his sister. She works at Les Mills, or she's an instructor, and I was and just saw her at the gym the other day. And she was saying he's going to America for the next six months to do lots of 70.3s and stuff. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so, yeah. So it's really interesting, isn't it? Because Braden Curry, really, when it comes to multi-sport right now, is the man. Mm. Um, and the fact that he's really looking to be a triathlete obviously says something about multi-sport, doesn't it? You know, oh, the fact just... that it must be hard to make an income in multi-sport right now. I think it is. And... Maybe it's not that challenging for him. Like if he, I mean, he, he didn't. He only won the coast to coast by a few minutes this year, but he kind of wins it all. And maybe he, maybe I mean, I'm, I'm going to uh, email him to try to get him on the show. But maybe he just wants a challenge where I don't just turn up a race and win it. Um, yeah. and, but if we look at like um, Richard Usher's career, he definitely. You know, he, did, he kind of dipped his toes in triathlon for a mm. while, but really he kind of did stick on that multi part, multi. You know, but, but also, you know, do you leave it? You know, do you leave it to late in your career and go? I wonder if I can make it, or is you know, when he's in his prime at the moment, um, see if he can make it in the prime. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I'll be really interested to see: is it a financial decision, mm. um, or is it so like a challenge? Because yeah. be, let's be honest. He, you know, he, he could probably do well enough in triathlon, but he's mm. dominated him multi-sport, mm, mm. you know, and if you look at the career, like he's got a big sponsor from Red Bull. Red Bull. Mm. If he just becomes an also rent in triathlon, mm. you know, what, what's the value of that sponsorship? So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but he's a very talented young man and it's a pity we didn't get to see him in his peak condition in this race because it could have been a completely different story. Yeah. In the female race, Gina just kind of dominated Dojo, to be honest. She did, yeah. She yeah. ran 50 minutes, rode 5.12, ran 3.22 for a 9.31. So a little bit quicker than expected on Torsten's ratings, uh, but wasn't really pushed. She won by 12 minutes and looked, you know, from, from a distance, looked like she had it under control pretty much all day. And, yeah, just a solid day at the office and 14 and a half grand in the pocket. Nice work. Yeah, 
Yeah, isn't that work, isn't it? Laura Siddle was in second place in 9.43, and Michelle Bremer in third place in 9.52. We'll note, um, we had Simone Mayer in fourth place in 10.05. She was doubling up from the coast to coast. Yep. So you had, uh, and on the iron distance, you had her and you had Baden Curry. And then the half distance, uh, the girl who got second, Jess Simpson. Simpson. Yes. I, I assume that was the same one that won the and coast she won to coast. coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Multi sporters all over the bloody place getting second in the in the, the long course and Baden Curry they're bloody trying to take over. They're doing pretty well. Um, overall, it was a pretty cool day. Lots mm-hmm. of good, you know, lots of people out there. And I, I do wonder if having the Sunday race maybe killed a little bit of the atmosphere at night time. Like admittedly, oh, at the yeah. last part of the night, it was amazing, mm. and we got the crowd out. And I have to say, the, the Christchurch crew really were <laughs> getting a bit drunk. Right, so <laughs> they had a VIT VIP area, and during the day it was always kind of busy. And at a certain point, the VIPs went home, and the Christchurch crew just going. You gonna name your names there? Oh, Lydia, she was all over the place. Yeah. And uh, and Zania was getting a bit happy on it. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it, was, and it was all good fun. And then we brought them in into the middle as they do, and, and we got everyone dancing. And it was actually it was actually awesome. There was heaps of people there, but just in, in the calf part of town, you know, like normally on a Saturday night, that's pumping. Right. And I and I do wonder if a lot of athletes went home after doing the half. Mm. Because it was a Sunday, mm. so they may have just driven back to Christchurch or wherever they lived. Mm. Whereas if it was a Saturday night, they probably would have hung around. So yeah. I do wonder um, if the Sunday maybe, you know, just in that cafe. Saturday races are better. I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure why they've gone Sunday, but you know, yeah, but that'd be the only thing I would have wondered. But other than that, it was a perfect day in all yeah. other forms. Yeah, it was, and it's such a great race. Like if you're seriously thinking about doing. You know, if you're looking for your fastest race, if you this isn't the race, but if you want to have an like, there was an Australian listener, I can't remember his name, he came up to me after the race and he said. Um, he wasn't going to do this race. I think he may have even won an entry or something. But and he's just saying he was just blown away with just mm. how beautiful it was. And it's seriously, Tim, if you're looking at doing a beautiful race, you can't beat Challenger Monaco. It's just mm. stunning, man. And and the this town and the weather just really delivered this year. It's a cool part of the, the world. Mm. One, one thing we'll note from Challenge Monica, a number of athletes are going to be doubling up and going to Ironman New Zealand. So we're going to have Dylan McNeese later on talking about that. You also have Gina, who's done the double before, but normally there's a bigger gap. So Ironman New Zealand is only two weeks after Challenge Monica. Mm. And there's also a British guy, Joel Jameson, who I think was somewhere in the top 10 as well. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. doubling up as well. So, yeah. Let's challenge Wanaka done and dusted for another year. Okay, we'll speak to saying on the challenge path. We've got Challenge Dubai coming up this weekend, and this is a stellar field, isn't it? It is incredible. I'm a bit surprised there hasn't been much news about it yet. Um, so I'm hoping that you know the other media are going to pick up on this because it's it's a it's in a massive field. B it's massive money. So three hundred thousand dollars on the line again. Uh, the winner will take home sixty five grand. It's split evenly, men and women. Thirty five second twenty. Nine six five four three two one. So pays ten deep, and yeah, good money. But man, this is a stellar field. I know when we had Challenge Bahrain that it was a strong field, but I'd really say that this is a stronger field, and it's a very big field as well, a lot bigger than I recall us having in Bahrain. Bahrain. So on the guys, you lost Frodo, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, that's a real shame. Crash. Yeah. So it. On here, it looks like there's about 75 guys wow, on the start pro line. men, wow. So this is going to be a real interesting one for the 20-meter rule. I'm going to ask Dylan about this later on because it's okay when you've got a small field, but when you've got 75 over the half distance coming out, I'll be really interested to see how well they can police the 20-meter the rule and how the athletes find it. So look, 
to be honest, it looks like it'll, you know, you've got um, Gomez racing. So I really think it'll be between Gomez and Michael Raylert. Raylert's yeah. um, Ray usually a bit down out of the swim. So Gomez might get away with a few of the other dudes and um, put the, put everybody under a bit of pressure. So you kind of think whilst we hope for a really exciting race, those two are sort of a, the next rung up from yeah. everybody else. Tim That's Reed, for having Frodo would have been pretty cool, eh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Tim Reid will be right there. I mean, he's one of the form 70.3 athletes. The problem with Tim is he's just a fraction weak in the swim mm. and he could be really made to suffer if those front guys um, get, a, get a wriggle on and get away from him. So there's some other great swimmers in there. You've got Luke McKenzie, Andy Potts, Pete Jacobs. Um, then you've got Leon Griffin, who's one of the sort of, again, 70.3 form athletes. Man, this is just a That's awesome, field. isn't it, eh? you got, um, yeah, James Kerr. Eric Watson, the, the Warriors owners racing. Is he? <laughs> and Nico Lanos, uh, Gomez, Bazzoni, McKenzie, Potts, Jacobs, Bart Arnott, Leon Griffin, Brad Carterfelt, Richie Nichols. Um, the names Michael you? Vice, you know, I mean, again, there's, there's lots, plenty, of, plenty of names missing. Richie Cunningham, you but know, just name after name. Jeepers, that's, uh, that is a... You know. Will Clark. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. You put the money on the line, they turn up. Mm, mm. You know, and probably the one other one of note for me will be David McNamee, who's the guy we talked about a while ago, who's a young fellow who switched over from ITU and thinking that he's not going to oh, get yep. to the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so, if he's there or thereabouts, uh, he might have the same running. experience. But hey, you come to this race, and because it's probably not the the the, the best race to pick as your first race if you're trying to win it. If you know what I mean. Mm. So, so it's seventy five guys ish on the start line. Only 10 of them are going to get a payday, though. Yeah. It's a long way to go for a lot of people to try to get a payday. But good on challenge for uh for Well, it's amazing that it hasn't scared guys off. Mm. You know, because when you look and you, you, you think you've got Raylu, you've got, you know, Alanos, you've got, uh, you know, Gomez, you've got all these top guys turning up, and you're kind of that second-tier guy. Normally, you're probably going, oh. I wonder if that's going to happen in the second year, though. I mean, we, we often we saw that a little bit in Abu Dhabi. You yeah. know, you had this massive big field the first year, but then it's kind of shrunk down. And that was one of the big things about the high V race in the States, which was the Olympic distance, yep. is it paid 30 deep or so. So you had 30 guys on the line, everybody's getting a paycheck. Yep. Um, and so you're not going to probably walk away with profit, but you know, say you make a thousand bucks for yep. finishing 30th. You might think, well, if I get a really good day, I can get moved 15th, which means I get, but if I have a bad day, I'm still going to cover my cost of yeah. my flight and combination. So interesting on the girls side of things. It's not, 30 chicks. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not quite as seller feel, but still bloody impressive. You got Hallie Fredrickson, Jodie Swallow, Annabelle Luxford, Caroline Stephan, Camilla Peterson, Meredith Kessler, Daniela Reef, Yvonne Van Lurken. It is pretty Lurken. stellar. It's, it's still yeah, very The only person stellar. you're missing has been, um, Carfrey and yeah, and, Carfrey. Uh, and also Joycey and, and one or two others so not many Olympic distance girls or guys sort of making the step up part of the reason for that is one week later you're going to have the first round of the World Triathlon Series which is just around the corner in Abu Dhabi so yeah it's it's a hard again girls one is a it's a hard one to pick guys is pretty straightforward in terms of your picks I've gone on to try not try rating uh, I am predictions uh, where you do your picks and I went for Gomez, Ray Lert, Tim Reid, Leon Griffin and then and Nico Lanos is my sort of uh, dark horse. Dark horse. And Didn't then, he do well in, in Buckaroon? 
Uh, yeah, I think he did do quite well. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that was like, yeah, he sort of, uh, and he often does good early season races. So the girls picked. He must be getting on now, but he's been around for years when you think he's about, about it. He's about the same age as me. So I think he's about, must be about 38. Oh, he's getting on. <laughs> History. Yeah, he must be about that age. Uh, on the girls' side of things, I found it a little tricky to pick that, but I went uh, Daniela Reef usually because it's kind of think Sato usually has people in shape pretty much 12 months of the year. Jodie Swallow, Hallie Fredrickson. I think Jodie Swallow, she was so pissed at, uh, after Bahrain that uh, she's just going to go out there and go to berserk. And she's, again, she's usually in good shape at this time of the year. Hallie Fredrickson, Annabelle Luxford, and I went for Meredith Kessler in fifth place. So I'd be interested to see what the live coverage is. I didn't see any information on their website as to what level of coverage they're going to do. You know, with Bahrain, we uh, had amazing coverage, you know, high definition, awesome coverage. Mm. Uh, They haven't really talked it up too much around Dubai, so I'll be tuning in. It's not a Friday, which is interesting, um, but that's because I think over in... um, the Middle East, they kind of work off Friday, Saturday, oh, okay. weekends, and they work on Sundays. Oh, there you go. Um, so make sure you check that out. I'm sure they have amazing coverage on their website, so go to the Challenge website and watch the race because it's going to be a really exciting race to watch and uh, look forward to watching it ourselves. Uh, Ultraman Florida John has been on, and uh, Billy Edwards took it out. Yeah, that's about all I know at this stage because uh, when I went on the website, there was no results, so I'll just go there now. But it was run over the same sort of format as they do in Kona, where they uh, do the 10k swim on day one, plus a bike ride, and no, they still haven't got the results up there. So come on, Ultraman Florida, sort out your website. Anyway, uh, Billy Edwards took it out, but yeah, they swim 10k on day one, bike 144k's, day two, they bike 275k's, and day three, they do the double marathon. And I'm hoping that double marathon's a bit more friendly than the one in Kona where you run from Harvey... All the way back to Kona. So, Billy Edwards, nice work on taking that out. If we have any other news on that, we will come back to you next week. Okay, um, just a kind of just an article we saw on ITU update is uh, just showing how fast the Brownlee boys are. Jonathan Brownlee ran a 14 minute 5K recently in a 5K road race. Yeah, just got out kicked by a couple of dudes uh, late in the run. It's got third place, but 14 minutes. That's moving. That is moving, isn't it? Mm. What's your K pace then? Wait a second. So, what's that K pace wise? Uh, well, three minutes is 15 minutes, yeah, so, so it two. must be 250-ish. Yeah, just under two, yeah. two, 248, so, so something seven. like that, 248 maybe. Wow. Yeah. That's smoking, isn't yeah. it? 248, it's moving. Ugh. One day, John, we'll get there. Actually, we know. There's no hope. So the boys look like they're on form. So as I said, uh, I assume Jonathan Brownlee will be racking How long do you reckon you could hold 258s for? 248. 248, couldn't do a K. You can do a K. You at, 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 when I was at my prime, I yeah. could probably do one K about that pace. But now, no, no. Maybe even. we should do an Iron Talk Challenge. Well, no, that's coming up later in the show, Bevan. Oh, really? Oh, no. We've got. We've got. Even my challenge. Okay, a one K. <laughs> no, how long can you hold two fifty eight or two forty eight? Oh, so you just jump on a treadmill, you put it in that pace. Or treadmill's treadmill's go that fast. Treadmill's different. I know, but it's anyway. We can probably measure it. Oh no, I suppose GPS. Well, the guys, what are the guys at mar- uh, marathon talking stuff? They do you do your magic mile or something like that. Oh, do they? Yeah, I think you can train up and try to do the fastest mile you can do. K is nicer than a mile. Yeah, because six hundred meters shorter. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Okay, uh, what else we got right in here? John, you've brought this is John's oh, doing, yeah. not mine. Yeah. Because recently there's been a bit of this week in Lance, and I, I I kind of thought, well, do I talk about it on the show, or is Lance dead to me? Because there was the car crash. You heard about the car crash? Yeah. 
Where he had a car crash and then he got his wife to say, hey, it was you. So not Girl, the smartest move. Girlfriend or? Wow, well, shag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it should do. Yeah. Um, I actually need to talk about the wedding at Monica. Um, and he's going to court a lot now. No, he's been ordered to pay 10, know, 10, 10 million in uh, fraud dispute for his uh, unparalleled pageant of international perjury, fraud and conspiracy. So Armstrong ain't going to have much money. It's a promotional company that basically gave him all his bonuses when he was winning. He's got to pay it back. Um, plus, certainly, I think they're going to go after more. And it's just another instance where he dug himself a big hole and he screwed, tried to screw over this SCA company and just lies, lies, lies. And now it's coming back to bite him in the bum. So, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, you watched. You, you've just watched the interview he did a few weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, he's just make, he's just making it all worse for himself. He really is, isn't he? So, if you want to see an interview on what it, what else is happening with Lance Armstrong, BBC did an interview. You can go onto BBC dot com and should be able to find it there. But it does not make him look good. The thing I find interesting about Lance Armstrong is he just still wants the attention. Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe you just kind of go and hide away for a while. Yeah. You know, like you could, you know, you, you, I'm sure in your local community, if you went out there and you kind of just met in your local community, I'm sure people have opinions on you, but if you kind of went out there and did your bit and, yeah. you know, and, and that would just be a past life and you move on and all the rest just of it. Just say no. If someone wants to interview, no. And because no. I saw that he's no. writing, he's going to ride in the, the Live Strong race this year or something, yeah. you know, and, and you know what, as an organisation, if he wants to do it, it's all good. But he's, it's, he still wants the attention. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, when are you going to get it? Yeah. So, you know, anyway, that's enough. Oh, that. how the mighty have fallen. That's John's yes. statement of the day. Uh, what else have I got here in front of me, Jonbo? We've got the, the 50 woman in Kona is not going away. The woman, you know, last year there's a big push for to get 50 female pros racing in Kona. Turns out they just didn't like that idea. So they said, nah, squash it, get rid of it. And then the woman said, hey, we are strong. You're us raw. <laughs> yeah. But it's just interesting now that it's. The reason I wanted to bring this up again, I think it's starting to be quite a bad look for Kona. Whether you necessarily agree or not, I mean, there's all the opinions. There's not as many women racing, yes, but their depth of field is stronger, so they should deserve 50. Whatever, whoever's right, now it's starting to look, WTC is starting to look stupid. It's like, why don't you just make it just whatever, if you don't agree with it, just make it 50 and 50. It's only an extra 15 slots. So, so the line they've got here. Just give in. The line they've got here, and they, they, so they're basically. Uh, all the female athletes and they've and if you go to Slow Twitch I'll put a link to it on Dubai talk to me they've written this letter and then you know pretty much anyone who's a pro has kind of agreed and signed their name to it and uh, the line they got which is quite a good one uh, where is it um, okay uh, how can anyone let alone a female triathlete justify to her daughters sisters and friends that anything is possible when opportunities for women are less than uh, opportunities for men so they're really it's kind of a good one isn't it yeah use their own slogan against themselves just to kind of really kind of just stick it in a little bit I don't have a really strong feeling either way as to whether there should be or shouldn't be 50 right? if I was in WTCs I'd just go let's just do equality yeah Even it's just not good PR just, is it it's, it's, it's just, really it's, not it's not going away yep. Torsten's buddy on this case he's, he's pulling out all the stats and everything like oh, this he? oh he's loving it he's lapping it and up and yeah it, 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 I think it is it's the girls have got it's it's different qualifying and you know you see the points and all that sort of stuff and it's not the same so what are you saying it's easier no it's not easy uh, it's like the girls have to gain a lot more points okay, yeah. to get into the top 35 and so oh, yeah. so if anyway it's harder the qualifying system is not the same 
so yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot we've talked about it to death, but I just thought this was interesting that I think it's really starting to be a bad look for WTC, and there's uh, and I don't think it's going away. Well, I think good on them for you know because WTC kind of just quashed it last year. Oh no, it's not happening. You know, and I think they hoped it would just go away, but, you know, good on them for just keeping at it. They're going to have to give in. Mm. They're going to have to. Like, who knows? And the thing for WTC is, is how long do we have to look stupid before we make that choice? Mm. You know, and how bad will it have to get before we actually make that choice? For 15 slots in Kona, like, I know Kona's pushed and all the rest mm. of it. Fit the, the space for 15 more bikes on Especially if they're pros leaving early. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you, can, you make it work. Mm. Make can it. I do my rant now? John, okay, so, okay, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this. So, because I wasn't quite prepared or because John turned up early this morning, um, I was just kind of reading my show notes, doing, my, doing the hours of prep. <laughs> hours of prep. And, uh, and John was reading his emails and then I saw how the rant comes out. <laughs> and it was almost a three-step process. So I was doing it. He starts going off. And then he sits and he thinks for a while and he goes, oh, maybe it's not that bad. And he goes back to the rant and he goes, nah, this sucks. So give us the rant, John. Xterra Bores named as official stand-up paddleboard for the North American and Ironman 70.3 triathlon series. I thought, come on. Come on, John. What is the relationship between stand-up paddleboards and North American and between and Ironman, I'm just saying this is just a stupid money grab. And then I kind of thought, okay, they sort of go, well, you know, it's if they're basically the lead the lead sort of, uh, not vehicles, the lead, you know, yeah, they, the, they the lead water. out of swim. Yeah. So I guess they are involved in the sport in some way in terms of, in Kona, you know. There's some small association. Association. But then they said, with the launch of the board's uh, partnership, Ironman has the opportunity to team, blah, blah, blah. Where was the quote? Where was the quote? Where was it? Um, uh Oh, come on. Okay, so it said, and with, with uh, they're partnering up with a great company that will enhance the experience for our athletes at Ironman. I'm like, how the f- Frig, that's good job. The stand-up paddleboard sponsorship going to enhance my experience. I'm sorry, John. It means they have more. There'll probably have more people out there. Oh. Do you think that they'll probably? What this is what they're doing because it's such a given company. Is it? We're probably going to have more people out there on the paddleboards now, John. Mm-hmm. You'll notice a. Mar- you'll probably be a paddleboard per athlete. I'd be happy if they said in this announcement. What we're going to be doing because of this relationship, we'll be raising the prize money by five thousand dollars at each race. Then I go, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. I think that's this the next email. Right. Be next one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's coming right now. Delete. <laughs> Have you ever paddleboard? No. This looks pretty challenging. If, if you're in any sort of choppy water. Yeah, I've never done it. It's something I'd like. I think it's kind of one of those kind of cool. Joe and I going to Bali. Paddleboard race next time we go to Kona. Okay, there you go. Paddleboard race. We'll do 2016. it. 2016. Yep. We, um, we, Joe and I are going to Bali for our holiday. We've just booked a holiday for the mid year. And uh, I might do it there so I can get some practice. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, you know, get up every morning. I'll be practicing Kaitera. I've got access to a paddle board in Kaitera. Do you know the best thing about Bali, John? $10 messages for an hour and a half. Mm, nice. Yeah, every morning. Every morning. Okay, Jombo, let's look at what's up next. Um, sponsor. We have got some good news from Trainer Road. Tell me about it, Jombo. Because they have the iPad app coming out oh let me have a look I'm gonna so they've had the iPhone one out for a while and I've been using that and it's absolutely fantastic because when you get on the trainer um, you don't have to set up your so laptop iPad you're saying or is I- it- iPad they've yep. got the iPhone one out okay. already but now they've just literally uh, launched the iPad one so it's got uh, a specific interva- interface for easy navigation landscape mode for wide screen viewing and available on iPad mini and iPad 2 or newer uh, so it's looking good, and so I imagine the iPad's the perfect device, isn't it? 
when we think about for doing stuff like that, because the iP- I'm sure the iPhone works well, but it's just a little bit small. Yeah. Whereas yep. the iPad, if you had that right in front of you or next to your bike while you're racing. Yep. It's it's a con- the main thing for me is yeah the size size does matter Bevan and don't let anybody ever tell you that. <laughs> <true. laughs> uh, I've only got a small iPhone, so, so I, I think it's okay. <laughs> so the thing the main thing for me is convenience is you literally you know you don't have to lug your laptop out to where, you, where you're setting things up. You basically bingo. get on your bike, press the app choose your workout, press go and all connected and you're off. And so whether it's an iPad, like with an iPad, you know, you'd need to probably have a little stand or yeah. something to, to yep. sit there. But I have had the iPad just sitting on my um, table, on my earbuds in the past. Oh, really? Just sit, sit it's there. Risky, but, isn't but it? Obviously if you was know, it your iPad or was it the, the tricep iPad? <laughs> it's a tricep iPad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, either iPad or iPhone, it's just easy and it's just, it's a very simple app to use and you can just, as I said, you just choose your workout, press go, everything's connected and boom, you're away. So in the past what you needed to do, which was still great, is you go onto your laptop and you have that rolling. But what I tended to do once the iPad app, uh, what iPhone app came out is I've got my iPhone there and then I've just got the laptop sitting down there. So if you, ne- if you need to pause your workout or anything like that, then it's just sitting there and you can just tap it with your hand. But uh, when your laptop's down there, you kind of got to get off and pause it or sometimes it, um, it does sort of auto-pause, I think. But anyway, it's just all in your hands, nice and easy. So... Good times. Everything's happening on Train Road. And one thing I will, two things I'll say is make sure you get onto the IM Talk um, team. So join up to Train Road. It's only 10 bucks a month. It's fantastic. If you're going through winter and struggling with your training, it is just the coolest tool for being able to go in there and just go, right, I want a moderate workout today. You go, you can screw, you can uh, filter all their workouts by intensity and say, I just want a moderate workout. Boom. Then there's a whole bunch you can choose from and you boom, you're away. Or you can use one of their plans. But if you're struggling for motivation, it's fantastic. But if you join up and then you go into the team section in there and join up to the I Am Talk team. I think last week we had maybe we were getting up to about 250 people in there. Um, good old Jonathan from Trainer Road, he's going to start posting a few extra things in there. And also uh, Liz Lyles, who's a she was seventh place in Kona last year, and she's won Ironmans uh, around the world. I think she won Western Australia once. Um, they're going to be putting some a couple of her workouts up there because she is a Trainer Road um, junkie. And so check you'll be able to check out some of Liz Liz's workouts. And Jonathan's going to post a few things sort of within our team. So check that out. And then finally, we're going to have a little challenge coming up. So check that out. Make sure you're part of our team. And uh, we're going to have a little sort of two-week challenge. If you want a little boot camp and you want to spank up your, your cycling, get into it this week. And then uh, we're going to have a two-week challenge coming up. John, but it's really nice you're talking about this. So I was just thinking, so trainerroad.com, get into the challenge, get the iPad and all the rest of it. And, and uh, it's good stuff. This week's discussion we've already got, but I think maybe a discussion we should do next week. It's just a very interesting discussion because I started a triathlon in maybe 2002, maybe sometime around then. And mm-hmm. then, but I just think back to 10 years ago, really, you had a heart rate monitor. Yeah, most people didn't even use that. Yeah. So, so you know, and now look at how much, and I'm just thinking how much technology is it. Power meters were coming out, but they were pretty crappy oh, uh, and very expensive. Mm, you know, mm. so like I remember you got a power meter and, and yeah, it was crap. Yeah, well, what kind of was it? Was it? I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but it wasn't very good. <laughs> but yeah. that was just, but that's not their fault. It was just of the time, you know, yeah. kind of they're all pretty crap, really. And um, and and it was very much only very elite people and pretty rare you'd see mm. those things. So really, back in the day, just ten years ago, you had heart rate and speedo, mm. really. Mm. And and for running, you kind of just had heart rate. In yep. the last ten years, 
look at the technological advances we've had, mm. you know, and, and the way we – how much technology has helped us improve the way we train. Yeah. You know, like it's pretty fascinating, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, it's – yeah, it just makes it a lot more scientific and it just makes everything just a bit more purposeful. Not that that's right or wrong. Mm. So we'd go out and we'd run, you know, if we want to run 10K hard, you kind of try to think it's about 10K, 10K hard. and you kind of just go well, go by feel. And as you said, you use heart rate as a little bit of a guide, but you kind of just wing it. Now it's like, it's got to be exactly 10K and if my bloody auto lap's not functioning, yeah. it is. So yeah, it's it's good and bad. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe what we can do, the discussion we can do next week is, what technological advances, maybe if you've been in the sport for a little bit longer, have had the biggest impact on your ability to train better and the results you get? Okay. So, you know, because there are some things that we can waste time on. But it's just, you know, just as you were talking about that, I think, wow, 10 years ago, when I was doing, you know, when I was kind of in the, the gist of what I was doing, really, there was nothing, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in the last, you know, kind of since, really, since last that, since that moment forward, it's just gone from step to step forward. And obviously, it's a, the other thing now is that it's such a big industry, isn't it? You know, yeah. exercise technology is a massive, massive industry. And, you know, right from the power meter right down to the to the Fitbit and things like that for the everyday people. But, you know, it's a billion, billion dollar industry. So I put a note there for next week. It's on the... It's on yeah, I'd be interested to see what you yeah. guys come up with. Okay, so last week's discussion. So last week we put our discussion up and the question was around... Where do you go to watch good content on the internet when you are doing your, your you know, on the on the trainer or something like that? And uh, what are some good places to go to watch? And if you were going to put a YouTube, we want to see YouTube channels and uh, stuff. So I'm going to put it out there right now, Jombo. So maybe you can start. Well, undoubtedly, I think the best one here was uh, if you go onto the YouTube channel and you search for TJS one five six. It's gold. Oh, really? Absolute gold. Why? Uh, I think it's Matt Nealon who's doing it, I think. But anyway, you go, you know it is. And he's posted basically all the Hawaii Ironmans up there. And, oh, really? And so I've I've seen a lot of the recent ones and I've seen, I think I've watched. It was it like TJS156? Yeah. Okay, yep. It is gold. You go back there and it's got like 1986 on there. Oh, really? How'd they get yeah. hold of that? Don't know. But it is absolute gold. So go. So, have you watched any of them? Well, this is the interesting. Yeah, so he's got all. He's got a, a playlist in there, nineteen eighty six to twenty thirteen, and so I thought, oh, crack it. I think I think I've seen eighty nine, uh, which was the, the Iron War, and then the other one though that was a real interest, eighty six, and so I, I didn't get to watch it all the other day, but I had a bit of a scan through and sort of to see who won, and Dave Scott won the guys pretty comfortably. But then the girls, I could say, oh, I think that's Paul and Yubi Fraser. And I thought, I wonder if she won that year. But what happened was Patricia Puntos got, oh, no, maybe I should, I should spoil, this is a bit of a spoiler. Oh, no, it's no. a bit of a spoiler. Those people can look it up. So she won the race, um, convincingly, massive new course record, and then got DQ'd for drafting. Oh, so back really? in the, back Oh, so DQ'd after the race. Back in those days, they basically had people out on motorbikes, and if you were drafting, they'd just take your number down, they'd tell you at the end of the race. And they did you? Yeah. So she won the race. I don't, and I think this was the first year they had prize money, I think 86. Oh, really? And so she's won it. She's spanked the course record, and she never went on to win it. Her sister went on and won it twice. So this was the Puntos twins. After this result, she didn't never got in the top three in Kona and got DQ'd after she'd won it. Can't wow. believe it. Wow, that is fascinating. So that isn't it? channel there is gold. So, John Burr, I'm on YouTube right now. How do I find his channel? Um, How do you search for a, for a user? Because if I just do a search, TJS one five six 
JTS. I'd, I'd just oh, is it one five six JTS? One five six JTS. Oh, okay, I just copied from Facebook. So that, that's a gold one. Uh, so nice work, Matt. If that's you, that's posting that. But I think it is. Then we had. Um, uh, then we had Joe Spragans. It was about to sign up to become a patron. However, not sure I can face listening to the show for a couple more weeks in case there's any mention of the cricket. That's <laughs> the lead story. I think I, I think I replied to that. Get ready for cricket bonanza. <laughs> so we didn't actually have, have many posts there because I think you posted that we had Jesse Thomas on last week and that kind of pushed it down so maybe people didn't post. Mm. Then we had... Uh, Lyndon Box said Chicka Smith on YouTube an amazing collection of cycling videos and races uh, and raises money for a good cause I agree I watched that Chicka Smith one as well it's got lots of Tour de France stuff lots of old stuff which is fantastic and then uh, Adam Turner says hashtag triathlon channel on YouTube has some good playlists with an hour plus vids so hashtag triathlon Nice work. And then we had one other one there from Jerry Griffin. He said, uh, not really watching races, but you can ride bike courses using realmeathlete.com slash trainer review if you're just looking for something on the trainer. So that's about all we already had there. Um, well, we'll just have a thing. If you go to this, uh, what is it, 156TJS, and there is a link within the feed. I'll put a link to that that one on www.imtalk.me for this week's show notes. But he's got some really old stuff. 1996 St. George Triathlon. Nice. He's got, some, he's got just lots of good triathlon stuff. And he obviously likes rugby league as well. Yeah. Because he's got a bit of state of O. Nice. So yeah, it seems like a pretty good channel if you're on the bike today and you're going to be inside on the in trainer. Check um, it out. A couple of the other channels that I watch on YouTube, um, not, uh, ITU, I, I subscribe to the... No, the ITU is good because if you pay up, you get to watch all the old races, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, a, a, you get to see live coverage, um, full live coverage, and you can watch all the past stuff. What, is it, what huge, does it cost you for ITU? It's not ridiculous. I think it's like 20 euros or something. Oh, like really? That. Yeah. For a year? Yeah, it's like 20 or 30 euros. It's, it's wow, that's pretty priced cheap. appropriately. Yeah, yeah. Because I was trying to tell you, like in New Zealand right now, with the internet, we've got Sky TV, which is our big sports channel, and uh, Super Rugby is the big sport in New Zealand, and they're trying to sell, you can just buy the season pass for Super Rugby, it's but it's like $400 stupid. or something yeah. like that, and it's like, well, that's a bit stupid. Yeah, it's more than you pay for your Sky subscription. Yeah, I was really... Well, if you tack on the sports channels. Yeah. So to tack on the sports channels, for me, is an extra 25 bucks or something. Yeah, so... Uh, Anyway, so I, f- I find the ITU, it's, uh, it's triathlonlive.tv, uh, I think it is, is, yep. is fantastic value for money and there's loads of content in there, uh, great for the trainer. And then the other channels that I watch on YouTube are IM Europe, which has got a lot of the, obviously got all the European Ironmans and they're often sort of 30 to 40 minutes of coverage, so good stuff. And then I watch the, the Chicka Smith one as well. Okay. It's, uh, if, you're at, if you're in winter right now, you've got to get on the train there today. There's a few links for you. Okay, so this week's discussion. So last week at the end of the show, John and I were having that discussion around what have been the stupid things you've done in triathlon, thinking they were a good idea until you did them. Yes. And John, you said you had quite a few. Yes. And I'm bound to have quite a few because, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, They're still trying to clean out. I know that's not really a stupid thing to gain advantage. I was going to say they're still trying to clean out Lake Brunner, but... Uh, no, there was more of the toilets at Lake Brunner. I felt yeah. sorry for that person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. Um, <laughs> stupid so, things you've done to try to gain an advantage. Thinking there'd be faster. an advantage in it, and then after the fact, or even in the fact, you thought, oh, maybe that wasn't such a wise idea afterwards. Okay, let's put some music on, Jumbo.
Age Grouper of the Week. Okay, we've got an email through from John Hastie, and it's got, I'd like to nominate Kyle Hummel as Age Grouper of the Week. Kyle had a horrific bike accident versus an SUV head-on collision five years ago, which required five leg surgeries. Less than six months ago, he had pleurisy and had a couple of litres of fluid removed from his chest cavity. Yesterday, he became a World IM 70.3 champion. How good is that? Now, that was the email we got. obviously got it on Facebook. Yep. So we needed to do a bit more research, Jumbo. So tell me about it. Yeah, so and obviously it was a little while ago back in September, but we're working through our age grippers. We've got a few good ones to come up. So to say, far out. Yeah, big time far out. And he's yeah, to win a 70.3 or you know, win those titles – it's you're the real McCoy. So Kyle went. This was when it was in uh, Mont-Tremblant, and he's in the 30 to 34 age group. He's from the states. He swam 27, rode 214, and ran 120. And he went 408 flat. He was a minute 20 in front of uh, second, and then he was minute 44 in front of good old Rob Creasy, who's from New Zealand. And Rob's a pretty decent athlete. Yeah, he's so, a sharp guy. Um, to beat Rob, um, pretty pretty impressed. But yeah. A, it's impressive to win a world title. B, to come back from not just a bloody massive crash, but also you know that sort of big lung issue, is uh, pretty <coughs> horrendous. So Kyle Hummel, nice work. Must be awesome to win a world championship, eh? Like I know age group is you know it's not quite being the pro, but far it, man. Like and I know you know we can look at all the systems and there's frauds and systems and stuff, but man, it'd be pretty cool to go along and, and win mm. that day. It'd mm. be a buzz, man, wouldn't it? I, yeah, you'd hope that um, what, what I think they really should work on doing, maybe they do this, I don't really, have, <coughs> don't go and watch enough races, but you know, they need to have a timing mat that's you know, maybe 500 metres out. I don't know how far advanced you get warnings when you're in, say, in Wanaka. How far no, Wanaka's quite good. Well, Wanaka's quite good because what they do is there's a bit of a shoot they go through and you get them as they enter the shoot mm. and then they've probably got another 30 metres to go. Yeah. And so by the, you know, you skip them in that. But in a, you know, nowadays with those devices, it's great if they've put their story there. Mm. But they, they, don't, they do give you category places and stuff. But it would be good if you've got a, you know, a couple of hundred metres out and you know that when each age group winner is coming down the chute, say in Kona or 70.3 Worlds, you can give them a bit of love as they're coming down the chute. Mm. Um, would be fantastic. Rather than just reading out their name saying, you're an Iron Man, it's coming, right, Kyle Hummel's coming down the straight and he's going to take out the 30 to 34 men's. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So it'd be awesome. But outstanding. So it's a, and did kind of hear it like that. It was quite cool. easy for us to be able to kind of give more information, just just the name. Nice. So Kyle Hummel, coming back from all that uh, adversity and taking out 70.3 Worlds. Nice work. You are our... <laughs> A hey, drip of the week. week. Okay, John Boy, I'm going to put some music on. We're back into the music this week. Here we go. Stats tastic. It's fantastic. It's about to do age group of the week again. Oh, you, luckily, luckily, you held off a little bit there. Luck- you haven't given me the answer this week. I know. You fooled me. Yeah. And I can't think of it. When you, the, the, clue's, the clue's broken me. Okay, well, so this is in from John Leveston from uh, Try247. So maybe that gives you a clue. Because John's from the, the UK. Okay, he helps. So who is the only athlete to win the ITU World Championships for, I don't know if this has officially been changed or not, aquathlon, because we always call it an aquathon, but I have a feeling that John might be right here that they are trying to make a push to change it into aquathlon. Why would you do that? I don't know. Because well, then you've got triathlon, duathlon, aquathlon. 
Ecothons. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Equathons. So the only person. Oh, really? Come on. Who's, who's trying to change it? Do something else for your time. Uh, who is the only athlete to win the ITU World Championship for Aquathlon? Aquathlon. It's just like a duck. And triathlon. Aquathlon. Right. Clue. He is unbeaten over the distance and he's an Ironman winner. So he's unbeaten over the Ironman distance? Yes. And he's a POM? Probably means he's only done one. one. And he's a POM? Yes. And he's been a triathlon world champion? Yes. Is it Gomez? No. No, he won in... He won in Lausanne, I think it was, and it would have been around about, I'm going to say 2005, I'm going to... Yes, either 2000, yeah, I'm going to say about 2005-ish. Somewhere about there. Maybe 2003, 2004, 2005, somewhere about there. Because Lissing, though, because he did a few times. No, it's not Lissing. And, and Duathlon, a, I don't know when he won the Duathlon. Is I it Spencer Smith? No. It's uh, someone who's only recently switched over to Ironman. Oh, so we won the World Triathlon Champs. I thought you meant he won. Okay. Um... God, and he recently won. Do you want another clue? Does anybody yeah. else certainly want a yeah, clue? Yeah. He recently did something in Las Vegas. Oh. He's the guy who beat Hamish Carter for the World Championship. Yeah, correct. The correct. Don. Yes, correct. Oh, okay. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Statistic. Uh, stat is Tim Don is the only athlete to win the ITU World Championships for aquathlon, duathlon, and triathlon. <laughs> there was a bit. Of, there was a bit of a trick question because if you took, uh-huh, the, you tricked if us. You took the aquathlon out of there and you added an Ironman, then it would be someone else. Craig Alexander? No. Oh, okay, wait a second. Maybe that's a stat for another day. No, no, you, we've already done it. We started. So wait a second. Duathlon, triathlon, and world championship. Ironman. Ah, oh, Mark, Mark Allen. No. Uh, no. Surely. No, I'm sure he wouldn't have won duathlon. Yeah. He may have, uh, no, I'm almost positive he didn't. Mecca? No. You're right, the country, though. Australian. Craig no. Oh, um, Welsh. Yes. Welshy. Yeah. Welshy. And then on the girls' side of things, this is a bonus question. Oh, they keep coming. Erin Baker. Uh, she went on Aquathon. She did everything, John. No, for those ones, Aquathon wasn't around then. But you're right. You're, I think you're, you're right, I think. I don't know if she won the ITU duathlon, but she won Zoffingen. Which was kind of the, the championship at the time, wasn't yeah. it? But then uh, Jackie Gallagher's the other one who won duathlon, triathlon, but she didn't win Kona. No, so, you, so you, I was she was definitely the foot there. Maybe yeah. Karen Smyers. don't know if she did. Anyway, that's fantastic. It was fantastic. Okay, John, but we're going to put in his view. We had the winner from last weekend's Challenge Wanaka race to... Three Pete, he's got the three Pete three mm-hmm. times in a row, which is pretty awesome. And uh, he had a pretty good day at the office here, and he was challenged, which is good to see. So uh, we're going to have a talk to Dylan McNeese. Righty ho, we have got uh, the winner of Challenge Wanaka. Only probably what thirty six hours ago or so. I think it's been a pretty big thirty six hours since. Thirty six <laughs> hours. He's done the three Pete, Dylan McNeese. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a little while, but it's always great to be on the on the show. So yeah, thanks. Right, um, fill us in on the race. You, you set a, a new course record in the swim. Um, how hard do you actually do you swim out there? We know you're a fantastic swimmer. And you went 45 minutes, but were you were you pushing it in the swim, trying to get a, a nice buffer, or just just putting in a steady effort? Um, I actually I felt great in the swim, so it was really just a, a bit of a cruise, to be honest. You you never want to uh, burn any or too many matches in the swim. So uh, yeah, I was just happy to get through it and, and get a bit of a lead and. Um, yeah, the, the, the swim course record was just a bit of a bonus. Did you realise you were going 
fast and you know it's, it's a minute but <clears throat> do you realize you were kind of going a bit quicker than you normally were no no i didn't you know because last year i think i actually put a bit of effort into the swim so uh i figured that i'd probably be around that 46 and a half minute mark again mm. um so i was a bit surprised yeah to, to go uh 45 30 or whatever it was um pre, pre-race were you were you worried about the multi-sporters or were you you sort of just focused on your race so we had Dougal Allen there and, and obviously Baden Curry coming off the coast to coast were you were you concerned about them or were you just thinking I've got to go out there and do do my thing um you yeah, know I definitely was concerned I, I talked to Braden a bit and uh you know obviously he'd had the coast to coast and uh I think his goals were kind of around where he ended up he wasn't he wasn't too you know too um too worried about trying to win or anything he just wanted to get out there and have a good experience whereas Dougal was uh you know uh Braden had said Dougal was on fire and I could sort of tell Dougal was on fire um but to be honest I expected him to swim a bit better and not ride so fast so mm-hmm. uh and then there was the other guys the Aussie guys and uh that I was a little bit worried about but at the end of the day I've sort of learned that you've just got to worry about your own race and that's what I tried to do and obviously you're out there on the bike and you're, you're, you're cranking along. Were you getting updates on the course? You know, as people heard earlier in the show, you know, Dougal Allen was on fire on the bike. Were you getting updates and um, and was it pissing you off that you were, getting, you were probably riding fairly well but somebody was just absolutely caning you from behind? Yeah, I, I knew I was riding, you know, reasonably well. I've never actually ridden the course with a, um, a clock before or anything, so... This year was a bit different. I could get my own splits at the out and back section. So uh, I got my first split to Dougal uh, at the treble cone out and back section, and he was about 14 minutes behind. So, And I thought, oh, yeah, he probably came out of the water 14 minutes behind, but little did I know he came out 18 minutes behind mm. and had already ridden three minutes into me. Um, and by the time I got to the first terrace turnaround, uh, which was 70k later, he was seven minutes behind. So I was like, uh, shit, he's taking a, a minute out of me every 10k at this rate. You know, he'll he'll catch me at, at 140k. And to be honest, I there wasn't a lot I could do about it. And I was reasonably calm, I'd say, for, you know, considering the other years and I could have panicked a bit. But uh, no, I think I handled it reasonably well. And it was about the... Uh, um, that first sort of time you come back through town about the 105k mark that my coach was actually out there and said oh you've got about five minutes to Dougal and I just I couldn't believe it but it really gave me a bit of a, a kick up the ass and uh I started to you know focus a bit more and you know try and have a little bit less recovery and really push um just push through all those those little bits of extra speed and stuff like that and uh, in the end that that sort of helped me come off the bike 15 seconds in front when you, when you got off the bike, you know, like far out, he, he, that ride was phenomenal um, from him. Did, did you kind of sit down within yourself think, well, he's probably going to blow on the run now because he's taking that risk? Yep, but I also thought that almost every time I saw him on the bike, you know, oh, he's got to blow up, he's got to blow up, and yeah. he just did it. He just kept coming. So uh, it was like I was this very juicy carrot and he was this very fast rabbit chasing me down, and uh, I was just, yeah, I was just happy to to sort of hold him off there. At the end, it was a bit of cat and mouse, and I saw him coming, so I I figured I'd save as much as I could but also get off the bike in front of him. And Yeah, I was pretty happy to get there in the end. And, and when you got off the bike, you know, I just saw you as you took off through town, it did seem like you were kind of being – you took a pretty aggressive start to the run. Yeah, um, I sort of knew I, 
I got off the bike and you, you know so you know how you're going to feel kind of with those first few strides off the bike. So uh, um, I knew I had some good good run legs from you know those first few strides, like I said, and I just decided to run and, and not look back, regardless of what happened. And uh, yeah, I was pretty happy to sort of distance myself from him reasonably early on. Yeah, I, I was watching the the sort of updates on Twitter, and it looked you know through maybe about thirty k's. You're you're, you're running probably. You're, if the splits are accurate, you're running sort of around about 405 to 408 average pace. So I guess you're probably on for a good, you know, sort of 355-ish, I'm, I guess. Um, yep. But you must have uh, must have been hurting in that last 10Ks. Yeah, I, I felt really good and really comfortable. Um, I sort of knew when I got to the end of the first lap, and I think I averaged, yeah, 404s and mm-hmm. one in a 126 or something. Um, I know from past experience that it's probably two minutes too fast, and had I ran it a bit more, even that you know the the time might have been a bit a bit a bit under three hours. But at the end of the day, I sort of I felt I had to just get that buffer and um, maybe just try and outrace them in that first that first half marathon, and then just hold on. So yeah, by the time I got to that twenty five thirty k mark, I was I knew I was pretty done, and I knew it was just sort of a matter of hanging on and, and hoping for the best. Was there any moment where you were kind of close to the edge of like you know fire out I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble here? Yeah, that second time at the top of Gun Road, um, I was pretty ready to get to the finish line. So, uh, but you know, once you're there, the hard work's you know kind of done. It's mm. you know that kind of rolls back down to the lake, and uh, I knew he'd be hurting too. So it's just a matter of uh, you know just putting one foot in front of the other and and uh, keeping the nutrition down so you you don't seize up and. And uh, yeah, but it's never even you know you know how um, how quickly that sort of three to four minute buffer can can disappear if you start walking. So mm. it was just I just was pretty happy to keep running. And so it's a three peat. Um, did it feel any different this time? You know, coming into the into the finish in terms of you know emotionally and physically. Yeah, I think I get happier each year. To be honest, um, the first year I was just a bit in shock and I didn't really know what to feel or even think last year I was just relieved you know I had I felt so much pressure I really wanted to you know back it up and uh, um this year I was my whole build-up I was a lot more relaxed a lot more confident um and I, I feel I feel like I raced the way I sort of built feel before the race so you know I was confident and looking forward to racing this year and I kind of enjoyed the race more because of it you know, you, I mean, you know, the story is the first year you came along, you're kind of giving up triathlon, and you thought, oh, I'll just pop out this last race before I caught a day, and you, you go and you bloody win the thing, and it's kind of changed your life direction a little bit. You know, you know, you're now being a pro for three years. What, what has been some of the kind of insights you've gained into this kind of lifestyle? Um, you know, you you always kind of question. Well, I found that those first sort of couple of years, you always question whether you can actually do it each time, even though you have proved to yourself, you know, sort of three or four times you've done it. So this year I I had a really – my mind was a lot more confident. Like I knew I could do it. It was just a matter of going and doing the work and then, you know, racing the way you, I know I can race. So mm. um, you get told, you know, as a kid and all that stuff, you know, experience and maturity means so much and counts for so much. And, you know, as a kid, you kind of just, you know, 
whatever, you know, <laughs> what do you guys know? But, you know, that's that's the biggest thing I've learned. You know, it really does make a massive difference, just that experience. And, um, yeah, I'll just keep pushing on, I guess. Um, I know your runtime this this time around was uh, a little bit slower than what you've done. I know from last year, I think you ran 2.56 or something, and this year you were three hours, but obviously you had the blow-up. But probably mm-hmm. the most impressive thing for me was your, your run in Auckland because um, I've always looked at you and thought, you know, you, when you run, you've got really nice technique and stuff, um, but you, you haven't really turned that into necessarily really fast run splits. But I know the Auckland 70.3, you know, you ran 1.15, and yep. that's um, that's fair, fair moving it. That's a legit... 21.1k course it's not short or anything um it's 115s you know that's pretty decent running um so has there been any big difference in terms of what's actually made that happen uh i've just found that with this with the training for you know the full and iron distance races um it's the best for my body you know i lose the weight i get probably the leanest i ever have just through doing the training and i and i feel the best through the training Mm. um so even from that first that first Wanaka back in 2013, I sort of talked to my coach afterwards and I was like, you know what, I, I feel like I would have had the best 10K half marathon or marathon, you know, that day. So uh, for Auckland, it was a just a, actually a case of um, actually getting to test out that sort of full distance training in a half and to see how well I could run. So, um you know, it does help being super fit and, and light. You know, generally in the past, I, and especially in the ITU days, with the um, lesser amount of training, I just struggled to drop the weight and struggled to get on top of the run the run speed. So, yeah, I think it's just a case of being fit and, um, for me, being a bit leaner. You're doing I mean New Zealand. You signed up for I mean New Zealand, so you've got a pretty short turnaround here. Um, you know, like the, the race on Sunday obviously takes something out of you. You know, what, what, how do you think to prepare best for Ironman New Zealand in the next two weeks? Uh, it's just active recovery, I guess. So, you know, yesterday I jumped on the bike and went for a little spin. And to be honest, I actually have – I'm feeling the best I ever have after a race. So I guess that's a it's a big bonus for me heading towards uh, Taupo. So, um, you know, there'll be nothing, nothing big. There'll be maybe a decent run this weekend and a decent ride. But, you know, um, everything else is just getting out there and – trying to actively actively recover those legs and and do all the little things right you know like nutrition and a bit of sleep and stuff and i'm really just really just hoping for the best Mm. but the the objective this year is to try to make it to kona yep so uh i just figured it was a good chance two weeks you know there's no more there's not another build up or anything and Mm -hmm. just need to recover and try and go again and, and get some good points for kona and uh yeah it should help should help me sort of have a quieter, if I make Kona, it will help me have a quieter build up to Kona and a bit more focus on Kona. So what's what's why why Kona? You know, if if we we know that you know there's pr- probably only a handful of guys that can win Kona, and what's the motivation for you going there, knowing it pay, pays ten deep? You know, you're going to have to have a stellar race to 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 be in the in the in the good money. Um, mm-hmm. So what's what's the sort of motivation to go there when you could quite easily say go and do a, a challenge Penticton around about the same time and you could probably you know probably win that um, or or any other race around the world. So what's the the drive to get to Kona? I mean, it's kind of like you know like the fundamental stuff. The uh, the fact that it's Kona and uh, like I watch it every year and it, you know it's inspiring and. You just want to race the best guys in the world, but mm. you know also it's things like the financial side. You know sponsors. It's really what sponsors are after: good performances in Kona and 
if you want to be if you want to prove yourself you know that's where you where you have to prove yourself mm. but at the same time i wouldn't go if i didn't think it, it could suit me you know what i mean um my i find my strength is just getting out there and racing my own race and from what i see with kona especially the last couple of years you know you you have to stick to your own race and your own race plan so um, it'll be super hard to do that in Kona with you know p- probably people flying past you left right and centre but mm. um, yeah I just want to get there and sort of put the blinkers on and and just have uh, try and have my own race and, and see how it goes you know you, you talked about you want to swim how you know this year you actually took a pretty and you kind of nailed it which is awesome um, we know that you're one of the strongest swimmers in the sport when you go to a Kona do you feel the obligation to try to win the swim does it kind of shift your your approach to the race um I don't really feel an obligation to. Uh, it's you know it's my strength. So I've got to use it. I've seen a lot of good swimmers go there in the past, and even you know in the last couple of years, and they don't seem to use it. You know, there's a big line of fifty guys, uh, twenty five guys coming out of the water together, and guys that I know shouldn't be there. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then you you know you've got these swim bikers who are sitting in in the big group, and you know that's just not their race. Their best races are swimming off the front. Um, riding off the front and then holding on the run. So I don't want to get, I don't want to be one of those guys who gives away my strengths just because it's kind of, I'll, I'll definitely uh, sure. aim to break break up the race and the swim if I can and, and just, just, just race my own race, like I said. Um, the one other question I've got for you is around, um, so we had Challenge uh, Bahrain earlier in the, or sort of towards the end of last year, and we've got Challenge Dubai coming up this weekend. Uh, and really, you, you, I read something you wrote the other day about the 20-metre rule working really well in Bahrain, um, you know, and it made it for a really honest race. Mm-hmm. Given your experience, say, in Bahrain versus, say, Auckland, which was basically, it looked a bit like a pack ride and you guys, everybody looked, you know, pretty yep. close at times. Could they have made Auckland a 20-metre, you know, is it realistic at some of these races to have a 20-metre gap at um, sort of championship races? And bar- in Dubai this week weekend, it looks like a really big, deep field. Is it realistic? And, and what influence does that 20-metre rule make in a race? I think with Bahrain it was easier to have that rule because there were literally no there was one dead turn I think so you know it was a big flowing course and you know when you got dead turns and 90 degree turns and stuff you know everyone's coming together and stuff like that uh, but even in Auckland I, I still think it would have been possible because you're right it was just a bit of a, a big pack ride and a bit of a drafting race and, and a bit of a joke to be honest um, whereas Bahrain was just so honest and um you know, you felt you felt like you were chasing the person in front of you the whole time, rather than sort of sitting on. So, uh, Dubai, I haven't even seen the course. I can imagine it could be quite technical. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I think that will be the biggest hurdle for all the races that overcome is how technical they are. And, um, but I think it's it's got to be done. It it just completely changes the race. I mean, you saw in Bahrain. Um, it changed the gaps. race. Yeah, big, yep. real big gaps on the bike. Well, I was expecting a big pack ride, and then you come in and yep. everybody's just strewn all over the bloody road. And everyone was hurting, you know. It was uh, it was just a great way to race, and it sucked, to be honest, because I wasn't in the greatest shape and I was hurting the whole way. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome to see, and uh, I hope it sort of catches on a bit more. 
Just, just, just a kind of off, off kind of topic question, but you know you've been a pro now for you know three probably three or four years now, and you know life is very much about you just being the best athlete. What do you do outside of the sport just to keep yourself kind of sane, if you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I just try and have a normal life with you know I love being at home in Christchurch just so I can go out on the weekend and you know have dinner or beers with friends and stuff like that. So. Um, I'm a big movie guy, so I'll probably go to the movies once a week or something, but yeah. nothing wild. I haven't surfed in a long time, even though I think about it every day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a, I just treat it like a normal job. You know, I try and train between nine and five and then just do whatever normal people do after that, basically. Right, good stuff. Awesome. Oh, we're looking forward to Taupo. Um, it's a nice work on your race. Keep, oh, keep, sensational, mate. Keeping at Christchurch, which we love to see, and uh, making sure those multi-sporters um, don't get... Know who's boss. Know who's boss, no, mate. Know who's yeah. boss. So. Yeah, there might be a bit of a challenge for him. If Dougal can sort out his swimming, he, uh, he, might, he might be a bit of force to be reckoned with. Nice. Or he'll just keep riding faster and swimming slower, so we'll yeah. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Well, good luck with Taupo, and um, might see you before then. Cheers, guys. Awesome, mate. Thanks for your time. Jumbo, your thoughts? Outstanding. <laughs> I think he's going to crush Taupo. He's going to absolutely nail it. Brownie's got Brownie's got, who's, who's, No, I'm just joking. No, but like we, we are going to ask. We have no, we have. We, asked we have, we have an interview. Yeah, we again. We haven't actually done the interview yet. You guys have heard it, but it's, it's the magic of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's magic. All right, the stuff we do. You can do magic. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah. Uh, that nah, will be interesting to see how he goes in Tapo. What's, what's your thoughts on this Tapo this year? Have you, have you seen the field yet? Yes, I did see it the other day. And it's not, it's not, is Marcus is the guy who won last year come back? I don't actually recall seeing his name on the list. Give me give me a second. We just see the list. Give Ironman New Zealand a little bit of a parky. I was a little bit dis- disappointed in Ironman New Zealand releasing all their pro fields and stuff like the week of Tapo. Um, of Wanaka. Of Wanaka, sorry. Uh, so Cameron Brown's 42. So yeah, men's seeds in, in uh, Taupo are Cameron Brown, Terenzo Botzoni. Terenzo's racing was name was down to race in Bahrain. Dubai, oh, Dubai, Dubai yeah. this Friday, and then turning around eight uh, eight days later and racing in Taupo. So I but kind of wonder is, where his priorities are. Well, the thing is, Terenzo Dubai's you know yeah. fit for him. Oh yeah, no, I would definitely do what he's doing. Yeah, uh, so Cam Brown, Terenzo, Joel Jameson's number three, Nick Baldwin, Mike. Schreffel from Switzerland. Dylan's only seed number six because he's a challenge boy, so we're not going to seed him any higher. Um, Jose Hewland from France. Andrew Yoda. That dude's the guy who can ride like that. Isn't he in Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, nice. But Andrew, you, if, if you're a listener, I doubt you are. You're a pro athlete, but maybe you are. Please become a patron so we can give you a uh, nickname. Here's a Star Wars joke, John. Yeah. And you can tell us to Thomas. How did Luke Skywalker know what Darth Vader was giving him for Christmas? I don't know. He felt his presence. No. Nice. <laughs> Come on, that, team. You know you're telling somebody that joke today. That is gold. That is gold. Thomas loves Star Wars. Yeah, see, I bet you could go home and tell that presence so, that joke today. Yeah, Andrew Yoda might be spanking up the the bike ride there, and then you got Simon Cockrum and Tom Skipworth. So, so really, based on how Cam's been racing, oh, he's got us. He'll spank them. Yeah. I mean, Dylan's going fantastic, and two weeks. If, is, if is, it was, if he was going into this fresh. You know, maybe he could stay away on the bike, um, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I would imagine that Brownie would probably ride up to 
to Dylan and they'll probably come off the bike together. And um, Brownie's running, which Brownie's is running be too strong, especially when he's got two weeks in his. Uh, yeah, like again, it's, so yeah, it's not that no, Dylan right. couldn't um, win this thing, but Marcus, what was his name again? Yeah, I can't remember his name. Big guy, mm. big tall guy mm, from Estonia. I'm looking at a photo of him right here, right here, right here, right now, yeah. holding the flag. <laughs> Um, oh dear Yeah We're going to get okay. Someone's going to send us an email Why didn't you do your research? Yeah Because I put out random questions Come on Find it, find it. Come on We've got to find it Results no, no, you, you find it And I've got to try to remember it Results Results Okay I'm just trying to find it Okay I've got it It's not Marcus But it's, there is a Mark aspect to it uh, I think there's, there's a swimming pool game That you can play That's not helping me uh, I don't think that's the right game anyway when I was even there, I can't remember. We've got a friend who used to sponsor the show. Ah, oh, Marco Albert. Nice yes. Marco yeah, that was Albert. a good clue, wasn't it? It yeah. was a good one. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Quality. Okay, the show's just going from strength to strength today. <laughs> if you want to go from strength to strength, though, get yourself some extreme endurance. Oh, that was sensational lead-in. And the uh, I Am Talk promo code has changed a little bit, so it's I Am Talk 10 now, Ooh, which why? gives you a 10% discount on all products through to the 1st of oh, April. Wow. Okay, so from here to the 1st of April, use promo code IMTALK10 and get yourself stocked up. You want to get yourself a nice discount, maybe buy all your product for uh, for the season with a good discount, get yourself 10% off, get on it now. Yeah, get on it. So you go to extremeendurance.com. And what's even better is often you hear me saying this is only available on .com website, but this is available on .com, .uk, and .eu websites. So the promo code IMTALK10 is available on all those websites. Get on it, team. Get on it, guys. Get on it now. And actually get on it as well because, you know, it will show that we're doing a good job. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so get on it. Dub, dub, dub. Xendurance.com. And, you know, we've talked a lot about over the years how – it makes a big difference for the athletes out there who seem to use it. People seem to love it. Like, seriously, people love it. And we get so much good feedback about I mean, this product. I've got a little pack here for yeah. Bevan to, to pass on to uh, Jeff, wait, the we, Jeff the Ref, who's a cyclist. And I was, uh, I was having a barbecue with them up in Kaiteri yeah, and I was doing, doing my sales pitch. Yeah, you did. And I said, look, if there's one thing you want to be taking, it's extreme endurance. And uh, just needs to get that little extra boost. Here we go. It's an informed sport. It's an informed choice. It's uh, clinically proven to reduce lactic acid by 15%, reduces muscle soreness, improves aerobic threshold by double Digits benefit within 72 hours speed recovery. So I'm going to be cranking go. back onto that once my running starts picking up. Package is quite cool nowadays, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> stroking the packaging. Oh, it's so smooth. I like stroking things, John. Yeah. Um, okay, questions <laughs> and answers. Okay, we've got an, an, a question name here. Uh, this is Michael Hallovich, I'll say. Uh, Central Park Pooper Hey guys Hope all is well Central Park Pooper Yeah Yeah we must have pooed In Central Park Because remember Joe did And I think maybe He he, he put it there Not me Um, Hope all is well If in freezing In New York City Which is probably true uh, Here's a thought That will get some Fiery responses Since drafting I I like this idea I thought this was A stupid idea But I thought I'm going to put it On there anyway I thought I thought it's Okay, so this drafting in Kona is a complete mess and to be honest, unavoidable for the first 20 to 30 miles. Why not allow it for those first 30 miles and then turn the race into a non-drafting race? Rather than have plenty of people try to figure out crazy logistics of putting themselves into legal distances on an insanely competitive course that is overly packed, this would give ease over the first 30 miles. I know this is, an 100, I, this is 100% against the solo aspect of the race and the effort would require much less for better swimmers, but let's be honest drafting is and will happen at Kona and it's damn near impossible to avoid after 30 miles 
be very strict. I think this would be a better solution. Just my thoughts. Keep up the great work. I definitely agree that it's it's darn near impossible to avoid it the way that the the race is structured. Because I think that's the thing. It's like. I get what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, it changes everything. Hmm. And if you're someone who's out of the water slower, you're going to get screwed because then you can't really catch up. So I kind of, hmm. I get that side of it as well. But how can you not drafting that 30 miles anyway? So are yeah. you better off to acknowledge it? Oh, no, you're better off to make wave starts. I mean, I don't think this is a good solution. I think this is a, an idea, a valid idea. And, and I think uh, it's an idea, do you? You think that's and, an idea, do you? And, and I agree that it is near impossible to, to not draft in Kona, the way that it's structured in terms of everybody coming out of the swim so much together, but I don't think this is a solution that would work. What do you think it would do for the race bit? In terms of wave if, starts? Yeah, if, we, no, if we did this. Oh, um, <clears throat> I don't think it would change the first 30 miles drastically um, I think it would suck for the people that are strong cyclists they wouldn't necessarily get away uh, but they don't tend to oh no they do. You, you get a lot when I, mean, yeah, I was getting a lot yeah, of guys just pummeling past real real fast in yeah. the first 30 miles so those guys might suffer a bit but my mate uh, take it out well though, do you look at it and say actually the you know if you let's say you've got three of the top cyclists and they go, okay, boys, in this first 30 miles, we're just going to smash it out. That does depend on them all coming out of the swim, yeah. basically, together. I think, yeah, if you take the first 30 miles aside, I think it's more, say, after 30 miles, break it up, then it's just not going to break up. Well, then you draft it. Sorry? Yeah, then you have your penalties. Yeah, but I don't. I think it would be, you'd have still have the same problem. Everyone will still be together after 30 miles. So you're saying it keeps the draft it, problem Yeah, it, it, it won't solve the drafting problem. I think it's a genius idea, Michael. You're a legend, and uh, keep up the good work. Keep pooing that park. That's yes. all I'm saying. Next one is, I uh, saw this, and I thought you might be a little bit cons- uh, of content for the show, given that there's a touch of Julie Moss about it. It's a shame that she didn't have Trucker hat on. So I don't know who said this. Adam room. Bardsley, or what do you, what do you call Adam? Um, Adrian? Adrian. Yeah, good Adrian. Adrian. Maybe he's a good man. Um, Adrian! Movie. Come on, John. Come on. Adrian Adrian Moles Diary so what do you Adrian We're doing the face John Come on I'm helping here Adrian Everyone's listening to this Knows what I'm talking about here Braveheart I don't know Braveheart <laughs> That's freedom yeah. Okay Okay In 19 I'm going to give you Hard clues for an easy clue In 1977 This oh, movie nice. Won the best movie Hey Hey Won the best movie of the year Controversially, you had like Taxi Driver, The Godfather, all these big movies, and this movie won Movie of the Year. That's your first clue. Pass. Second clue. It went on to be maybe seven movies in the series. So you just said it's not The Godfather? No. Godfather's only three. Now, this, remember, it's not. It's not Lord of the Rings, it's not Return of the Jedi. No. Because that is seven coming up. Yep, no. No. So we'll still, okay, no, clue number two. I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm not going to get this. No, you will, because I'll give it to you in the end. Um, when you were a young man, you wanted to be like this guy. Definitely at some stage, every every young man did in the 80s. Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be a, a, an oil baron killer. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not Mad Max. They're doing new Mad Max. Okay, next question. Maybe I should have this everywhere. Every Bevan's pop trivia for John. Just make me look stupid. No, 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 no. Because we know you don't know pop trivia, but still, it's quite entertaining. Okay. <laughs> um, in one of the movies, um, it's a sporting movie. Everyone else is going. Come on, John. Sporting sporting theme. Seven and the seven parts and seven movies of it. Yes, I think they yeah they bought one out recently or in the last few years. 
famous, famous, famous 80s actor. He was one of the biggest men in, in, in acting in the 80s. No. Sporting movie. Yeah, no. Okay, a fighting movie. Oh, Rocky. Oh, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. His wife was Adrian after every fight. Adrian. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really into the Rocky movies. Really? No. Nah. No. Nah. Didn't you not even watch Rocky and want to beat up your mates afterwards? No. Oh. Different, different neighbourhood to you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Explains a lot. Um, right. Let's go. went into Rocky. No. Dylan's Dil- still in bed, so... Um, He's not online yet, so we'll uh, we'll call his mobile in a minute. He might be out, might have been out celebrating too hard last night. Well, he won't be online if we're calling his mobile. Well, no, and he's, I said we'll we'll call you on your mobile if you're not on Skype. Oh, okay. He's not on Skype yet. Still. Oh, so do you want to do you want to pause this and come back? No, no, we'll carry on. Um, I got another one for you then. Joe, the star uh, Walensky. He's got uh, John was commenting on several times that he thinks that age group athletes should be weighted points for W. I'm um, sorry, AWA rankings and regional championships. I thought that for age group athletes, you don't need to qualify for the regional championships. If you don't, those in attendance are in luck of the draw just as much as any other one out of a race. This would negate John's goal of identifying the better athletes through weighted rankings. I'm not understanding his argument here. It's a good so, point. No, so you're right. In regional championships, anybody can enter, and if you if, if you miss out on getting in, then tough shit. And at, at the moment, yeah. So the, the regional championships age group wise uh, actually mean nothing. That means nothing. It's just yeah. another race. So the point, there shouldn't be more points for it. Then. That's true, but maybe they should make it a bit of a priority waiting if you are, are a faster athlete. So I haven't. You put me on the spot, and I haven't got a great uh, uh, definitive answer. But Wait, next I, week, I think, next week I want one. I think that they should make regional championships if they're going to call it that. A regional a, championship. A regional championship. So faster athletes do maybe get preferential entry. And then, then it will be more become more of a regional championship. Oh, so and you're saying so you're saying that so what they should say is if you, based on your previous results, they're going to do. So let's say Melbourne, Melbourne comes along, they they get three thousand people trying to enter for I don't know fifteen hundred people. So they go, okay, well, where did you get speed wise? No, what you might do is you might say, again, this is not the perfect solution, but you might say if you're an AWA gold member for last year then you get preferential entry to um, Germany to Melbourne and wherever the North American one is it might be you get one week advance warning yeah. but then at least it gives the faster people a chance to go right I want to be there this is supposed to be a regional championship otherwise why call it that okay well, yeah, I don't actually mind that idea John woohoo <laughs> <laughs> nice. got one okay do you want, do you want to, are you texting him because yeah, text we've got another great email from here we've got a sensational email from my friend Adrian Barley. Adrian Bardsley. <laughs> Ar- Ar- it's Adam Bardsley. Adam, yeah. I called him Adrian Barley. <laughs> oh, it was just a joke. Hold on, what, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just sending. Um, what are you doing? Hurry up. I'm sending Dylan a text. Oh, I'll send him the text because we meant to be interviewing him five minutes ago. Yeah. You know, he's all loved up now. I can't, remember, I can't remember what we were doing just well, before. Adam Barsley. Is it, we're, still doing, there, we're still doing that. You haven't even bloody got onto it yet. Oh, it's because I'm waiting for you of your texts. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not listening to me. I did a joke about Adrian Barley. Yeah. I thought I was brilliant. You weren't even listening. Yeah. You, got, you can feel my painting. Okay, Adrian. Um, are we gonna, are we, are we, Adam sent us through the an email and it basically showed. Oh, it's sensational. Uh, I'm going to read it out. So, Adam, you're a rock star. Although, Adam Turner. I don't know what you've done to these bloody show notes. I think, I think, what's, I think Adam Barsley has nothing to do with this email. Yes, no, he did. He sent it through. Well, who's Adam Turner? I don't know. Where does that Maybe come from? Maybe he's living a double life. Maybe that's the oh, thing. No, you, you've completely, you, you started doing this other topic and then you completely didn't even talk about it. 
So Adam Barsley sent us through a clip that's on bbc.co.uk saying this has got a bit of a Julie Moss about it. Oh, it a, what I've done it, is I've linked that between... Oh, yeah. yeah, but then the next game the next is, like, is gold. Let me finish this one and then we'll go on to the next one. Okay. Adam Barsley sent us a fantastic link and it's basically a picture, of a little clip. Have you of, talked about this already? I don't know. I was doing two <laughs> things at once. I can only do one, two things at once, one thing at once. Anyway. Prepare <laughs> for your patrons. Just team, shut up and then I can well. just talk about this. So there was some video footage of a Kenyan woman, I think it was, finishing, I think it was the Austin Marathon, and she does a full-on Julie Moss, and she was, I'm not sure if she was leading, but she, was she winning, ended up yep. finishing yep. third, and she was crawling across the line. She had a wheelchair being pushed along next to her, still finished third, despite having to crawl the last sort of 50-odd metres. It was impressive. It was, and that was from Adam Busley. Mm. Whereas Adam Turner... Then this was good. This is the email of the week, by yes. this is probably the email we've had in a long time. So we're, we're doing the patrons. John, have you heard back from Dylan yet? I just sent him a text, so we'll, we'll carry on. Okay, carry on. So Adam Turner, he, he, he was, he's gone back and Oh, listed. Dylan's online. <laughs> Hold on. Jesus Christ. No, we'll, do, we'll call Dylan now, because we can do this later. We'll come back. Yeah, okay. What did okay. he say? He's saying, what, two Oops, minutes? I can't even put a bloody question mark in. Okay, now we're good to go. Okay, here we go. And we are back, Jombo. Great interview with Dylan. Amazing thing with podcasts. It's just magic. It's we're magic. back and we haven't even you been anywhere. You can do magic. Okay, back to where we were. Adam Turner, he sent through, um, the same day you started Iron Man Patrons, <coughs> sorry, Iron Talk Patrons, <coughs> the other week, I happened to be listening to episode 259, the five-year anniversary of your show, working my way through the back catalogue. Must be fascinating to go back and listen to those old shows. I think when I'm retired, when I'm 80, I'll go yeah. back and listen to all our shows. I'd probably start at five years and maybe go from there. Maybe go back to some interviews prior to that, but I would say the first hundred probably. No, but it's probably quite crap. funny just, you know. Bumbling anyway. guys. How things have changed. We don't bumble through the shows anymore. No, not at all. Uh, episode 259 is a classic. While listening to it with the patronage fresh in my mind, I thought this episode is a classic and is exactly why I should become a patron and help keep going this show going. So here's a potential high five for the show. Why to become an I Am Talk patron with the five-year anniversary show providing all the answers. It didn't actually take that long to put this together, so use it or don't use it. Well, we are using it, Adam, because you're a rock star. So this will probably make some more sense if you view it in my blog, basically. So what we're going to do is I'm going to embed what he's done. Have you listened to the embeddings? Yep, yep. yep. They're quite funny, aren't they? So Because when we did the show... We had the guys from Marathon Talk, um, Tom. Got Tom, he interviewed us. Interviewed us. But also my bedroom was getting done up at the time. Right. Remember, and the carpet was yeah, off, and yeah. we in the hollow room, and it was really echoey, and you could hear the builders working in the background. Yeah. So uh, High five is, this is um, <coughs> why become a patron of IM Talk with the five-year anniversary show, providing all of the answers. Number one, are you ready, Bevan? Yeah. The quality of the IM Talk studios. Welcome to episode 259 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Well, what I do have to say is that this show is going to be a little bit echoey. Um, the studios are getting a new carpet, mm. and which means I've ripped up the carpet in my bedroom and it's, we're in an empty room right now, isn't it? A jail cell in here. Just drill the first K or two. You might hear a lot of banging in the background. It's not going to be good effects, is it? <laughs> no. Oh dear, we might have to wrap this up so quicker. Yep, you could hear that banging, eh? Yeah. That was sensational. Okay, number two. Uh, here, interviews with true legends of the sport. Here we go, here's the clip. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got a bit of news. We've got some good news, actually. And then we've got this amazing interview. It's probably the biggest legends in the sport. That's right. Who are they, John? Ben and John. Ben and John. 
And and then uh, Pete Newing says, how did you guys meet? How did you get together? You said you didn't work with a coach then. Was it a coaching relationship we were, thing? We were out one night. And, and <laughs> looked, I looked up and I was like, what are you doing? He looked across the bar and thought, it's just me. Number three, the public's perception of John and Bev. Here we go. I mean, you know, I thought when I first, well, not when I first, even after years of listening to the show, I kind of thought you were just a couple of Kiwi guys in a shed speaking to a couple of hundred people, kind of a few in Britain and a few in in, in New Zealand. Number four, uh, the I Am Talk team and why it works. Here we go. And uh, so we kind of just, like, if you go back and listen to our first show, it's pretty bad. Yes. It's pretty poor. And so, yeah, and John was keen, eh? You were... Yeah, and I think that we both work well together because I'm quite a structured person. Yep. And we fairly quickly just ended up coming up with a structure. Yeah. That's sort of, that we, we stick with today. I mean, we've always had... We didn't even define that, eh? It just kind no. of, you're doing this bit, I'm doing that bit, yeah. eh? Yeah. Because as we know, Bevan likes to wing it a bit, and I like to sort of have at least a bit of preparation. Um, <laughs> I think the other thing as well is John and I, our personalities work really well as a team. You know, like, we've both got being this, like, I know I'm the clown of the show. I've always known that. And, you know, but I've, I've known, I know my role and I'm not trying to be the expert. I know that my role is, you know, to keep it flowing, to keep kind of a bit of fun in the game. I sometimes bring some knowledge into it, but really my role is that. And John's is the expert. But John then does have this funny side to himself and he's actually quite funny. And so it works. Our personalities work really well as a team. I'm going to get you a clown hat from that Thanks, on. mate. Yeah, great. <laughs> Five, keeping the show going without selling out. We'll never sell out, Bevan. No, we've never sold out. Here we go. Here's, here's, and here's another one. Fat and Unfit. I don't know who that is, but that's their name on Facebook. Fat and Unfit says, what do you have planned for the next five years? Uh, and it says, and congratulations on five-year anniversary. Great effort. Thank you. Um, well, I think we, we, I mean, we're obviously going to Kona this year, and um, I'd like to think we can make that a sort of biannual pilgrimage, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't think we want to go every year, but that's sort of the plan. Um, uh, I think one of your earlier questions as well was, has anybody approached us to buy us out? Certainly not. No. And, I, and I don't think they... And how could you buy us? Because you're really buying us? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they could buy it and pay us to do it, I suppose. I don't know. But no, nobody's really approached us. I mean... The sponsors that we've got on board, you know, we're stoked with, and they've most of them have been with us for a long time. Um, and that potentially could be the only change. A few sponsorship things. We don't want it to become a huge commercial thing, which has got radio advertisements all the way through it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, if we can make if we can make a little bit more out of it, then we can put more effort into it um, every week. So. And number six, number six is John and Bevan agree. Episode two five nine is one of the best. We, we know and it's a number six because we can't have an I am talk high five without the obligatory number six. There we go. So here it is. Okay, just uh, discussion of the week. You want a discussion of the week? Nah. Just quickly say it. What would you rather see? An hour of ITU wrap up or an hour of I am talk? I'm an I am racer. So what, uh, if there's a, an hour show on TV, it's ITU, World Champ Series, or it's just an Iron Man race, what would you rather watch? Fifth year anniversary, the best show ever. So there you go, team. You, you've, you've got to do this. You've got to, you've got to become patron. First of all, thank you, Adam Turner, for taking the time because I can't imagine that was a short job. And no. uh, it is quite funny listening back to this stuff. I have to admit, when I was listening, it made me laugh quite a bit. And we love it when you guys contribute to a show like that. It's fantastic. That's yeah, what it's all about. It really is. And so just again, guys, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.imtalk.me. We've got a little link and a, a little add-on on the side of our website there to say become a patron. Got all the different levels. It really helps us to do a good show. And the swim caps, if you go to $10 a month, swim caps are fast. I'm proving that. I've just got back in the pool 
and I'm not as slow as I thought. And the only thing I've changed is a swim cap. Mate, you're a rock star. Mm, and cool you'll be cool at the pool. Mm. Be cool at the pool. So we've got some people who've become patrons. Okay, Ben the Drop Cox. Now, the reason for this, you can take this however you want to take it. You can be dropping the hammer on someone. You can be drop, just dropping some pain on them. But the reason I called him the drop is because he's from Marlborough in the UK. And Marlborough in New Zealand is our main wine region. So the drop. Nice. Yeah, nice drop. Okay. Got it? Uh, next one, um, Alistair, Speed Feet Fleet. Have we done that one past? Don't know. Oh, no, no. Okay, because that's good. Because Fleet Feet or whatever was the name of our Legends interview from last month, Sally Edwards. She started the Fleet Feet or Fleet Feet sort of running chain. So Alistair Speed Feet Fleet. And he also lives in Dubai, so I might be racing Challenge this weekend if you are. Good luck. Um, Peter, how does that one? Githens? Githens. Githens. Peter Githens. Now, I've, I've just been put this one on the spot because, again, my prep wasn't that good this week because I slept in. Peter Githens. Now, I'm thinking music. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what's a cool music name? Um, rock Out. Rock Out. There we go. Rock Out with Peter Githens. Yes. Okay. Peter, Rock Out Githens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, John? Yeah. Do I go to a pool <laughs> as well? You know, when, when my sound guy comes and sets up my, my stereo yeah. system at all the races. Well, I'm always fighting with sound guys because I always yeah. have more volume. He, uh, he always goes... When he's doing his test, he goes, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> one, two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not Am sure. I doing Paul Dean? Uh, you are. Okay, I'm going to say, um, what's something that a teacher would tell you off? Well, you know, when you're told off at high school, you know, like, um, get to the office or something, you know what I mean? Like, because okay. a dean, I'm thinking of a dean, oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Um, Mr. Detention, there we go, okay. Mr. Detention. Okay. Okay. Oh, you're right. You keep a record, don't you? Mr. Detention. He gives you the detention when you're out on the course. Get to the office. There you go. Paul Dean. Nice. We met Paul and Kona, I think. Yeah. And uh, final one is Liz Elastigirl Verhaden. And Liz has been a past contributor to the show, and she either does Pilates or yoga, one or the other. That's why I gave her the name Elastigirl. Nice. We could thank you to those guys who have become patrons. And again, you could become patron. Go to the website, www.imtalk.me. Okay, Jumbo. Um, just a quick update on Tim Pickering. Uh, he's got another infection, but the good news is that the uh, Jambar is now running its course so nerves are starting to repair and recover a long road but it's happening so it's really good to hear that Tim's on the mend and mate we're thinking of you and uh, keep keep on keeping down that path Jumbo last sponsor Athlinks.com yes saved my bacon again this week why because uh, somebody was saying to me oh I want to do some running over winter and I'm saying oh you should join the, the tri club and be part of our running group over winter we sort of go and do all the races yep. and, I, and he's, he's at the slower end of the, the scheme and I said like, it's really inclusive there's Yep, it's fast, fast people and slow people. And then I was going to say, yeah, just take a look at these results. Went onto the Athletics Canterbury website, couldn't find any results on there at all. Oh, really? No, um, they've updated the website and they haven't obviously updated that part of it. But go on to Athletics and at least I've got all my running results on there that I've done so I can sort of show him, you know, this is the sort of standard. You've got these dudes here at the front, these dudes here at the back. So, you know, save your bacon if you've got races that the websites, I've said this a number of times, if the websites disappear, you're kind of screwed. But if you keep all your results in one place on Athlinks, then they're there for eternity and uh, you don't need to worry about websites going down, race organisers, you know, changing 
events companies selling out to WTC and things like that then their uh, websites are going to go and all the results will be lost so if you want to keep a record of all your races that you've ever done keep it on athletics.com and make sure you update things and I've also put up there my upcoming races so I'm looking forward to adding to my athletics quota this winter we're doing lots more running races good Mate, times you're going to be sharp and athletics is going to get filled up because John Newsom is dominating the Jojo team athletics.com check 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 it out Jombo sponsors Athlinks.com. Check, check, check it out. Trainer Check, road. check, check it out. An extreme Check endurance. it out. Remember to get your 10% discount. Jumbo, off. have you got a cat? Oh, you don't have a pet. Nah. You don't know. Oh, team, if, if, did I show you my pet thing? No. Okay, watch this. I've got a couple of good stories. I've got 22 minutes. And we've got to do legends yet. Well, well there's good stories so got, to oh, tell. Okay, carry on. You know, like, there's good stories. Legends interview coming out uh, in the next couple of days. We're just about to do the intro. Did the interview last week with Chawborn Sinbali. Absolute gold. Had about a million Here's our cat. Here's our cat. This. It's called my talking pet, and you you put your you put your pet photo in there, and then you do some talking, and you you do some graphical stuff, and it makes your pet talk. It's pretty good. You have to admit, it's pretty good. I'm my talk, a, if you like your pet, my talking pet dot the app, check it up. I'm not a, I'm not an animal lover, but uh, that was that was good. That okay, was good. so tell me your stories because I've got some good stories, and we need to get them through. Oh, let's push. I haven't really got any good stories then because I just want we've got to push on. Well, got two legend, legends coming out. Chilbourne Simbali, gold interview. It was over an hour, and I, I could have talked to him for about two and a half hours, but unfortunately we generally allow just over an hour, but it was gold. Oh, so yeah, yeah, we coming didn't out. have time, did we? Wetsuit auction with the Legends interview. So if you need a Blue 70 Helix coming out very soon, the new model, oh, get on it. New model. Hey, um, just saying, um, we had the wedding at Wanaka. That, oh, yes, that was quite cool. Yes, cool. They had a big ceremony. You remember the one we saw the other week? They yeah. pretty much walked in, said I do, and walked out. Yeah. These guys, half an hour. Oh, really? Yeah, they took a long time. So they do it on the halfway through the run? Yeah, or? they got halfway through the run. And I did wonder. Oh, that went hard to get going Yeah, again. I know. I mean, just but they had a lot of friends run. who were doing the race as well. So lots, all their friends were in these tuxedo. I, saw the, I saw the tri-suits. They yeah. were pretty funky. Yeah, they were pretty cool. And uh, it was pretty cool. And then the, 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 the night after, you know, it was a really awesome finish. It really was. Mm. And it was kind of cool with all the crowds there and stuff. And, uh, yeah, the question was, did they consummate the marriage once they went out on the second lap? Oh, nice. You know, that's the question everyone was asking. Yeah. Jonbo, here's my funny story for the week. Okay. So what was the big event in Christchurch last week, John, that you're sure you Foo went to? Foo Fighters. Do you, you wish you'd gone now? Uh, no, because everybody got stuck in the queues. No, only the people who turned up were late. Oh, that's not what I heard. No, far out, no. We, we turned up. We turned up. We went through the gate at probably 5.30ish. We were straight up to the beginning. We what what time did the concert start? Um, 7.30? 7.15. If you go to a concert, you turn up early. Yeah, yeah. You're a schmuck if you don't. Yep. You get stuck at the gate. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, so we went. I went to porno and a few friends. And uh, I, John, I like it. I like a. I like a. I like a pit. I like. Yeah. I want. I want to smash mosh it up. Pit. And we were, we found a really good spot, but no one was, uh, was moshing it. So I kind of left the boys and went in with the mosh pit and was kind of a bit nut bar. I do love the aggression of the mosh pit and so getting a bit crazy and stuff. And after a while. We were making these circles. We push around the side and we're running and budging at each other. Was, was, I love it, John. I love it. After a while, this girl comes in the middle of the mosh pit and starts dancing. And, Ooh, you know, and she does this power chuck like you wouldn't believe. Like, just like, <laughs> just a power chuck like, everywhere. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> then she does it again. She does this other power chuck. Now, that sounds pretty bad, John. They're, not, they're not going, this is gross. They're going, yeah, this is cold. Yeah, because that's what you're doing. I mean, you're in a mosh pit, John. Gross. But that's not the bad bit. This 18-year-old, you know, good-looking young man, 
Yeah. Got on the ground and started licking up her spew. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't just he didn't just lick it up. He like vacuumed it up, man. Oh, yeah, man. It was just the grossest thing you'd ever seen in your life. I actually felt ill. <laughs> I really do. That's disgusting. <laughs> he got up and uh, and everyone cheered him and he thought he was a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered there because there was obviously off his I'm face. I'm glad Porno that wasn't there seeing that. Oh, he's, he's a more mature person. For that. Yeah. Hey, I didn't do it. But I have to admit, that's, that was sensational. He got up and the, everyone, he, he had his arms pumping in the air. And uh, I wonder how he felt the next morning. He's never going to live that down, but is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what the Foo Fighters do to you, John. have to say, if, you ever, if they're ever close by to you guys, they were amazing. That was that was a quality concert. They played for two hours, 45 minutes on stop. Um, you knew every song. They were class. Yeah, really Good great stuff. concert. So there we go. John, come next come normal mosh pit for me next time. Yeah, yeah. I'll do the vomiting. I won't do the licking. <laughs> <laughs> you could have saved some of my kind of stuff there. You could have bagged it up and said, "This has come all the way yeah, from Hawaii." This is, this is international spew. Festering for five months. <laughs> oh man, it was disgusting. Anyway, uh, let's wrap it up, Jumbo. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.